Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Are you one of those single tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howled through the night. They cry out for their true queen. I'm Batman. Name's Bond, James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead. Make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez. Money FM 89.3. Commence primary ignition. I was chatting with my good friend Audrey on WhatsApp, and we were just pointing out the facts about how North America might spiral down with social problems if they continue to be lenient on drug abuse. It's supposed to be harm reduction, And when I say harm reduction, I say it with inverted commas. Now, what is exactly harm reduction? On a North American mental health website, uh, this is what it says, and I'm just going to read out some parts of it. Harm reduction is an evidence-based, client-centered approach that seeks to reduce the health and social harms associated with addiction and substance use without necessarily requiring people who use substances from abstaining or stopping. Essentially, to a harm reduction approach is that it provides people who use substances a choice of how they will minimize harms through non-judgmental and non-cohesive strategies in order to enhance skills and knowledge to live safer and healthier lives. Unquote. Now, there's more about this, but I'll just skip most parts because it's, it's long. But the statement also says it has been proven and it is evidence-based. But so far, I have not seen, witnessed, or heard any success in the so-called evidence-based proven theory. The website also goes to say, uh, and I'm going to read it, um, harm reduction doesn't just apply to the use of substances. We engage in harm reduction in our everyday lives to minimize a risk, such as wearing a helmet when riding a bike or enforcing seatbelts when driving in a car. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I have uh, to pause here for a bit. They are comparing drug abuse and saying it's the same as nicotine patches or drinking water when drinking alcohol and seatbelts and helmets, as if it's the same kind of harm reduction? Really? In my opinion, legalizing substance abuse, and I stress on the word abuse, is opening a can of worms in social problems. I'm sure you heard about the news of marijuana being legalized in certain parts of North America. Well, in my opinion, it's a gateway to other drugs. Now, I'm going to continue to read what they say on this website. In addition, research shows that the existence of an overdose prevention site in a community does not lead to increased crime and works to decrease public substance consumption. Okay, I find that very hard to believe, as people are afraid to take public transport because of the increased crime rate in certain parts of North America. 
and there's no decrease in substance consumption. So I find that statement very hard to believe. In a move to reduce the stigma of addiction, some parts of North America are decriminalizing small quantities of illicit drugs like cocaine, meth, ecstasy, and opioids like heroin, fentanyl, and morphine. As long as one is an adult, it is legal to shoot oneself with these dangerous drugs. Yes, we all know it's dangerous, and yet it's legal for people to take it. They are comparing it with Portugal that decriminalized hard drugs because Portugal's criminal drug offenses had dropped. Well, that is true. Because if you decriminalize something, your numbers are definitely going to drop. It's like decriminalizing robbery. If it's not a crime to rob or even murder, let's throw that in, okay? And one commits any one of those, then of course the numbers are not going to go up because it's not a crime anymore. In my opinion, the evidence shows otherwise in countries that do not practice these so-called harm reduction because you don't see people shooting themselves up with drugs on the streets. In Singapore, drug dealers are given the death sentence and that reduces illegal drug abuse, which equals healthier citizens with greater minds. And that, my friend, is the actual harm reduction. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Now, why did I bring up this growing drugs problem in certain countries on the show? After all, this is movie magic, and I'm supposed to be talking about movies and TV shows, right? Well, that's because it'll make a good segue into what I'm going to review next. I'll also talk about the story behind the song Bad by U2. The verses are grim, but the chorus is triumphant. I'm Colin. Stay with me, won't you? It's all happening here on Movie Magic, Money FM 89.3. Now, earlier on Movie Magic, I spoke about drug addiction and how it has a very negative effect on society if countries are lenient on drug abuse. And the reason why I spoke about it is because I just watched a series on drug addiction and it's, it's based on a true story and it was very moving. It made me angry as well. But before I talk about that series, I just want to talk about Bad, a song by U2. It was often the centerpiece of U2's live sets throughout the 80s. The lyrics show that it's a grim song about depression, and you can find that in the verses. But in the chorus, it can be triumphant. However, in 1987, Bono was introducing it as a song about addiction. In an article by Rollingstone.com, I quote, I wrote the words about a friend of mine. His name was Garrett Spaulding. And on his 21st birthday, he and his friends decided to give themselves a present of enough heroin into his veins to kill him. Unquote. Is that sad? Now, that was told to an audience in Sweden. And at a Chicago performance, he focused on the social effects of the drug, introducing bad as a song about a drug called heroin. And Bono went on to say, and I quote, That's tearing our city in two. That's tearing the heart out of the city of Dublin. Tearing the heart out of the city of Chicago. 
maybe those cities in North America and other parts of the world that are legalizing drugs need to look around and listen to Bono before it's too late. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. So why is this episode on Movie Magic focused on drug abuse? Well, I recently watched a series titled Painkillers. Each episode starts off with a parent or a relative of someone who has lost someone to drug addiction. They talk briefly about how they lost their loved ones to a dangerous drug disguised as a painkiller. The drug is called OxyContin. The character that drives the show is Eddie Flowers, played by Uzo Uduba. She's known for playing the role of Suzanne Crazy Eyes Warren in the TV series Orange is the New Black. She also voiced Queen Novo in My Little Pony and Alicia in the Disney Pixar animated film Lightyear. Her character in Painkillers can be a character you either love or hate. And her character can be rude at times and very tough. And I like characters like that. Characters that are tough especially against the bad guys. But the character, Eddie Flowers, can be very condescending even to the good guys. So quite a few viewers dislike her character because of this. But I, (laughs) I love the character. There are flashbacks of Eddie Flowers' younger life and what happened to her in the past that'll explain why she is so tough, rude, and condescending. And then you'll probably like her the way I do. Some might say that this character has an addiction too, as at the end of the day, she plays video games and it looks like she is addicted to them because she plays them every night. Well, I know of a person who's also a social worker. She deals with women who have mental illness and who are drug addicts too. Now, the work takes a toll on her and her only release is to play video games after work when she gets home. It's her way of escaping from this heavy reality. Now, I'm sure you do something to ease your mind after a long day at work. And it could be watching a movie, exercising, or even playing a game. And it doesn't matter what games. It could be video games, board games, or outdoor games. But back to painkillers. The role of Richard Sackler, the head of the pharmaceutical company Purdue Pharma, is played by Matthew Broderick. He plays a character that you would love to hate. Purdue Pharma's main drug is OxyContin, an opioid. Now, nearly 50 states in the U.S. have filed lawsuits against Purdue and the Sackler family members for their roles in the opioid crisis. In response to the lawsuits, the Sacklers have not admitted to any wrongdoing. Now, if I tell you more, It'll spoil the series for sure, so it's best that you watch it yourself. But I can safely say, without giving out any spoilers, that by watching this series, based on true evidence and story, uh, but was dramatized for entertainment purposes, how money rules the world and how some pharma companies have zero regard for health. It will also make you disgusted when you find out how these crazy, super-rich pharma companies have a hold on corrupt governments in some parts of the world. And when a drug like OxyContin is deemed safe 
and prescribed by doctors because the push comes from the pharmaceutical companies, it makes me wonder if the drug dealers and pushers are the pharmaceutical companies. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Other actors on this must-see series are Taylor Kitsch, who plays the lawyer, Wes Duchovny. Yes, she's David Duchovny's daughter. Uh, she plays the role of Shannon, one of the many young girls that's hired by the Purdue farmer to get doctors to prescribe these drugs to the customers. Yes, they are customers and not patients. And Dina Shihabi. Now, I want to briefly highlight this actress, although her role is just a supporting role. I'm fascinated because she is a Saudi Arabian actress working in the United States. She was born in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and was raised in Saudi Arabia, Beirut, and Dubai. She started dance classes at the age of six, and at 13, she was known as the Dancing Queen of the United Arab Emirates. Dina performed in numerous school plays and was encouraged by her teacher, Nancy Mock, to pursue an acting career. Now, against her parents' wishes, at 18, Dina moved to New York City in 2007 and began pursuing a career in acting. This became a full-time profession for her in 2010. The next year, in 2011, she was accepted at both Juilliard and the Graduate Acting Program at NYU Tisch School of the Arts. You probably know that these are very good art schools, and they are very difficult schools to be accepted into. Although Dina did not complete the four-year bachelor's degree, NYU waived the requirement of a bachelor's degree, and she graduated with her MFA in 2014. She is the first Middle East-born woman to be accepted to both the Juilliard and NYU graduate acting programs. The first time I saw on screen was in Jack Ryan, where she plays an Arab woman decked in a tudong or hijab. But in this series, Painkillers, she's always dressed up in a tight-fitting mini-dress. Total transformation from the Arabic woman role she played in the TV series Jack Ryan. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Painkillers is a six-part episode series that starts off with a family member. You know, each episode starts off with a family member, uh, like a parent or, or parents, siblings, or even a friend. And they're holding a picture of someone they loved that died from drug overdose. So it's very powerful. And it shows the reality of what's happening right now in countries that are lenient on drug abuse. Now, the series expresses how greedy and pushy a pharma company can be and how deceptive they can be by altering the truth. And although you might be tempted to binge watch, I urge you not to. Watch it one episode at a time and then maybe have a discussion with someone you know or your good friend or your spouse on how we as citizens can stop what's ruining the minds of our next generation. When something is a quick get-rich scheme, it also has dire consequences. Now, be thankful that Singapore has strict rules, especially when it comes to drug abuse. And because of that, the social problems are not as terrible in countries that are lenient on drug abuse and dealers. The first and last episode of Painkillers, a book ended with Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence, which makes it even more powerful as it makes you wonder who are silenced. <laughs> 
the drug users, the authorities, the people fighting against drug abuse and misuse, or the minds of the people that own the pharma companies. Something to think about. Now, after watching this series, there's a movie that you must watch as it has everything to do with the dangers of OxyContin. Stay tuned. That's next. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. After watching the series Painkillers, you must watch A Good Person. Morgan Freeman's performance is flawless as usual, and acting opposite him is British actress Florence Pugh. She was in Black Widow, Hawkeye, the TV series. She voiced Goldilocks in Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and she's also in Oppenheimer. Now, if I tell you the premise of A Good Person, it'll ruin the whole experience of watching the movie, which can be found on Amazon Prime. But I will say that there are two lessons to be learned from the movie A Good Person. Don't be distracted by your phone while driving. And the other, stay far away from addictive painkiller drugs. I'm Colin, and there are many things that you can complain about, but there are also many things to be thankful for. Just look around you in Singapore. It's clean. It's very safe. It's stable. There's racial and religious harmony, and you will not see people shooting themselves up with drugs on the streets. And that's a big thing. Oh, I nearly forgot. There's good food, too. And I am thankful for the people behind the scenes of movie magic, namely Corey for the opening theme, Prishan and Jessica for the admin work, Raushan the program manager, and Loretta the program director. Without them, this show won't be possible. And I'd like to thank you too as well for tuning in.